Well, good. I'm glad I got you. I obviously want to dig into this new album and Southern hostility, and uh, I'm loving it, man. Kind of really showing your uh, Texas heart on your sleeve for this album, right? Oh, yeah. We're back to the roots on this one, you know, and just kind of wanted something raw and real and, you know, no gimmicks, just straight up metal in your face. And, you know, that's what we do best, so that's what we're bringing. I was trying to think earlier, and I, I could only kind of come up with one, but I, I think it's kind of interesting just kind of looking o- over the years of Upon a Burning Body and going, hey, Ruben, now's the bass player. Wait, now he's playing guitar? How did you go from bass to guitar? Yeah, well, I got thrown into the fire, so, like, I was um, helping the band write guitar-wise. I just always kind of loved to write music, and the guitar player ended up, you know, leaving right before a tour. We are going to Europe, and we are going to go support uh, Trivium as they died, and he just bounced out, and, like, a week before we were leaving. So, um, last minute, I was like, man, it's going to be so much easier for me to jump into the lead guitar position and have a bass player come in, you know, than trying to teach somebody all these guitar parts, because at that time, we are a lot more technical as well so you know i just stepped up and it's crazy because i had never played guitar on stage it was just writing you know sitting down and just playing guitar it was hard you know but i got used to it and now you know i love it i I wouldn't have it any other way i always say i got a promotion (laughs) (laughs) so you were playing bass but what instrument did you pick up first the bass or the guitar yeah bass my father was a bass player you know ever since i was younger that's just the thing that that was natural to me i picked it up and you know i could almost already play it after jamming in bands you know i kind of got intrigued by the guitar and I started learning how to play little by little and then before you know it I was writing riffs and then writing songs and so yeah and then it, when it came push to shove I just was like well there's no other choice really I mean we're not going to teach anybody all these guitar parts in a week so I just had to do it. <laughs> Step up like you said a promotion it's loving the new album and like you said it's kind of wearing the influences on the sleeve and I also imagine too a, a big Wayne's World fan with the uh, Feed My Frankenstein cover in there. Oh, yeah, that was straight nostalgia for us. It was perfect, you know? And it's crazy because we didn't plan it. After we wrote the song and the the album was rolling out, we found out that Alice Cooper was going back on the road and, and, you know, doing tours again. And I was like, what? This is so perfect. Like, it's so crazy how things happen. And, um, yeah, we ended up doing the song, and it's just perfect timing. It's crazy. Was it you being an Alice Cooper fan, or were you being a Wayne's World fan that led you to that tune? It was both. It was both, honestly. Like I would say it's probably nostalgia that draws us into that, the Wayne's World thing, and, you know, us being, you know, 90s kids and growing up in that era, you know, with all those old movies. And But um, in the end, that was the first concert that Danny ever went to. Dad took him to uh, Alice Cooper a concert when he was young, and he's like, that was the first big concert I'd ever gone to. And it's crazy how it all panned out. I love it, man. Yeah, and what a show. And, and crazy, that dude's like in his 70s and still out there literally killing people on stage. Yeah. <laughs> It's insane, man. I love his mentality, too. You know, he's definitely a showman. And, you know, I, I love that that theatrical side, you know, of the whole business and trying to put on a show. And, you know, almost like becoming somebody on stage, somebody totally different. Because off stage, I'm like the calmest person. I'm very relaxed and chill, laid back. But on stage, you know, I feel like it's just you got to let that beast out and you got to let people fear that, fear it and just feel that, that energy and that, you know, veracity and just go out there and kill it. Yeah, no, I feel you. I'm, I'm a pretty quiet guy, but then, you know, on the microphone, on the radio, and then won't shut up talking, you know, nonstop talking. So it's kind of the kind of the same thing and being on that stage, being behind the microphone. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Speaking of the stage, do we have any tours, anything you can tell us? Southern California, we need some Upon a Burning Body Live. Anything working out? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll be uh, hitting the road late August. You know, it should be announced any any uh, day now, and uh, we're going to be announcing our run, and it's going to be for the U.S., you know, going all over. We're even hitting a little bit of Canada, and, you know, we're just looking at the road ahead. You know, we, we just switched to a, a new booking agency, so we're going to try to, you know, get out there as much as possible and just hit the road, go and support the album, see how it's crossing over to the live set. Are you going to be in an opening slot or headlining? Headlining, right? Yeah, definitely headlining. Yep, yep. We're going to be headlining this run and um, kind of testing the waters, playing a lot of new ish. You know, everybody seems to be loving it. So it's great to see all the response, all the positive feedback. Like, we're just like, wow, we feel like, uh, you know, it kind of rejuvenated the band. And, you know, we're excited to see what happens out there on the road. I love it, man. I hope you work burn into the set. I think that's my favorite tune on the new album. Yeah, awesome. That's our vocalist, Danny. Yeah, that's his favorite song. When we wrote it, he's just like, this is the one. This is the jam. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like the heavier side, so I'm more of a reinventing, you know, doom. Like, those are my jams. But everybody has their take, and that's the cool thing. is that Everybody seems to be uh, liking different songs, and, you know, it, it's awesome to see all that. I love it, man. And like we were talking, kind of showing your hometown, your roots, and talk about the the Texas metal scene. It seems like there's a lot of bands coming up there. I feel like at least once a year or once every other year, there's a couple more bands popping up from Texas and kind of wanted to learn a little bit about the scene from your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Texas is definitely starting to bring out a lot of great talent, and it's, it's awesome. Like, we're seeing a lot more bands being signed. And, you know, where, where before it was a lot of East Coast, like New York and, and California, you know, bands coming out of there. And uh, now I just feel like, yeah, the, the metal is definitely coming back. And, you know, a lot of bands are coming out of Texas, and I'm like, hell yeah, that's what's up. You know, we've been <laughs> repping Texas forever, so it's great to see other bands coming out. Yeah, and obviously the the biggest... Texas metal band influence, of course, Pantera, and certainly, you know, influence in the new album, Southern Hostility. Oh, yeah, I've always loved Dimes playing, and I mean, Pantera's groove, like, I feel like they've, they've been the, probably the biggest influence on our take, you know, and trying to bring that energy, and kind of being that, that heavy band that goes out with the bigger metal bands, like, you know, they could tour with anybody, and it's crazy, they could win over any crowd, that's the same thing with us, we've done Mayhem, we've done Rockfest, we've done all sorts of different crowds, and they just, you know, really seem to dig it, and, you know, that's that's where I feel like we fit in, too, and it's cool to see that, that crossover, like, you know, just like Pantera did, it's great. Do you remember the first time you heard Pantera? Do you remember what song it was, where you were, who played it for you? Yeah, yeah. It was my, my cousin, Cowboys from Hell, and I was just blown away. Like, I never heard anything that heavy or, or that trashy, like, in middle school at that time. So it just blew my mind when I heard that. And I was like, what is this? His dad showed him. So it just kind of trickled down. After that, I was a fan, you know, and, and I, I wanted to hear everything they had. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah, man, I'm still trying to trying to digest the loss of, of Vinnie Paul. I was curious, do you, any any interaction with him over the years touring many of the festivals or anything? Uh, no, we just we did Mayhem Fest with uh, Hell Yeah, and then uh, you know we kind of would see him backstage and stuff and hang out, and and every time we played Dallas, you know he would he would go and see other bands and just hang out in Vegas as well. He was, he was always in Vegas chilling, so it was cool. I mean, we, we had little small interactions, but, you know, as far as, like, really growing down, you know, just here and there, meeting him. Such a loss, but always, like, that beacon for metal, man. He just raised that flag for, what, 30 years or whatever it was. Yeah, and he never stopped, man. Like, he was just slamming the drums and just, like, he definitely carried on that, that torch from Pantera and just keeping that, that energy up. It was, it was awesome to see to see that, you know, for so long. And, you know, Hell Yeah is a great band as well. And it was, I, I don't know, I'm, I was at a loss of words when I heard it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, well, at least now he's with his brother, you know, up there shredding and <laughs> who knows what they're writing. Yeah, you, you know, you can't say he got cheated. He definitely lived life to the fullest. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know, and it's crazy because we grew up with those videos, the vulgar videos. Like, uh-huh. man, those things, watching those, I think they, they really inspired us, you know, seeing them kill it and just have fun and just, you know, that, that camaraderie, that, that brotherly love. It's just awesome. Yeah, man. You know, Ruben, I won't keep you too much longer, but speaking of other bands, a, a little game I like to play, talking about influence, and, you know, ultimately we're all just rock fans, like metal fans. Like, that's that's why we do this, right? We love music. So I like to put bands in a category and kind of get your favorite out of this grouping of bands and, and uh, wanted to get you on this one, which I like to call the Flannel Five. <laughs> so this is going to be five. this is going to be that era, and I'm curious, your numero uno out of Nirvana... Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilot, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Oh, man, that's tough. I would say um, it's close between STP and Alice in Chains. I think Alice in Chains more just because um, I think it's the vocals for me that do it and just kind of a, a little bit more on the darker side. And, man, I would say Alice in Chains for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. They're they're my favorite out of the list, but it's it's supposed to be tough because they're all great bands. But I, I love Alice, yeah. too. I mean, those haunting vocals and those harmonies that they would do is just, uh And being a guitar player, yeah, man, Jerry I, Cantrell. I, when they played a sound wave like in Australia or something years ago and that was the first time I'd seen them and I was just like it's so different when you see them live you know and I guess that's with any band but after watching them live I was just blown away pick a uh, song to play on the radio from Alice in Chains tonight uh, let's see I would have to say Rooster yeah definitely yeah, dude, that one always brings the house down. Everyone's singing yeah, along yeah. to that one. Let me get you on one more, and we'll we'll add one to it. And if that's kind of more like early '90s, we'll kick it up kind of more late '90s, and and uh, add another band. This will be six bands for what I like to call the new metal six pack. Oh yeah, that's, that's my era right there. Okay, so <laughs> for this one, we got Rage Against the Machine, we got Corn, Lincoln Park, Slipknot, Disturbed, System of a Down. Who's who's your numero uno out of them, Ruben? Uh, definitely Slipknot. Yep, I think they changed the game for me. You know that self-titled album just on repeat, literally day in and day out. You know, and that's that's really what brought me into this uh, whole energetic. Yeah, as well as Pantera, those two bands were just by far my biggest influences. Slipknot and Pantera is like one one and two for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you ever think about doing like some jumpsuits and and some masks or anything, or going that that direction? No, no. I mean, we wore our suits for a while, and I mean, it kind of, it kind of felt like, man, I, I know, I feel their pain now. Like <laughs> having to wear a suit on stage in the middle of summer. Like we did an entire warp tour like that, and it was, oh. it was ridiculous. People, people like that, like, are you crazy? Like, what the hell are you thinking? We're in here with the full suit on, with the coat in the blistering sun, and oh, <laughs> people passing out. <laughs> I'm just sweating thinking about you guys doing that, like uh, especially Warp Tour. Like, oh man, that's brutal. Why would you do yeah. that to yourself? I know. I mean, it was just part of the whole thing, you know, the vibe, and we weren't we weren't uh, gonna downplay it for anything. And then finally, after we did the the fourth record, we we're like, okay, I think it's time to put this thing to rest and just <laughs> let our true form come out and, <laughs> and do away with the suit, you know, the upkeep. And I remember one time we had six in a trash bag because we we're gonna wash them all. And we left them outside of the trailer, and they were doing trash pickup on Warp Tour. Oh, no. And sure enough, they picked up all of our suits and threw them in the trash. Oh, <laughs> no. So, yeah, so that next day, luckily we had a day off, and we had to go to the mall and buy a whole new round of suits and, you know, get them embroidered and make them look legit. And oh, wow. <laughs> it was crazy. So, so, you know, just dealing with stuff like that over the years, we're just like, okay, this this has finally got to be put to rest. Let's just, let's just do something else. 
<laughs> Just to, uh, to wrap it up, pick a uh, Slipknot tune to play on the radio. Then let's do um, Sick. Can you do Sick? Yeah, we can do Sick. Perfect. All right. There you go. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time, and I look forward to that tour announcement. Oh, yeah, definitely. It'll be coming coming soon. So, yeah, same. I hope we head, head down there, and, you know, hopefully you guys can come out and, and hang out. Great. Killer, man. Thanks for the time and the music, Ruben. Safe travels out there, bro. You too. Thank you. Later. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks. Online at KCALFM.com. Adios.